Welcome to the FinGen Show. I'm your host, Faris Alami. And this episode is brought to you by International Strategic Management. It's an economic development corporation that supports organizations launching entrepreneurship activities in local communities with a focus on underserved or under-resourced communities. Thanks for being here with us today. Richard, thank you so much for being with us. It's always a pleasure to talk to somebody who is making the world a better place. Oh, you're very kind. Well, same to you. So thank you for all that you do. And for our listeners, Richard Friesen, uh, would you tell them who you are and what you do? Yeah, I've uh, been in the financial markets most of my life on the floors of the major exchanges, yelling and screaming and trading. And I've built a software company. But recently, I've taken my early career as a therapist and combined it with working with people who want to expand their relationship with money. One of my biggest concerns recently is to see the cultural divide and the belief systems around money that are in conflict. And people are taking these different viewpoints in and creating internal conflicts around money, wealth, success, and meaning. And so when clients come to me, uh, and that includes traders, money managers, and entrepreneurs, is that there's an internal self-sabotage because of the conflicts. So my job is rapport with ourselves, rapport with our communities, and our relationship to money. Well, Richard, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it's a very interesting background with your coaching and then your finance background to be combined, I think is a much perfect timing and, some, and somehow just because of the world that we live in, it seems like a everything is just going crazy <laughs> <I'm not> <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> yeah what we're getting we're getting a lot of belief bubbles and we're and there's an attachment to our beliefs in the way that uh there's a truth there's a an attachment to our dreams our hopes and as a result these bubbles then have concrete walls around them they're not like soap bubbles they become very attached and so as a result, we've internalized conflicts. And wouldn't it be wonderful, imagine that if you had some deeper meaning, your values, your work, and making money and wealth all had rapport with each other so that you could release a lot of internal energy. So as you look at your audience, Ferris, what do you think are the conflicts or the needs if, if there was an issue we could address quickly, what would that be? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, I think I have my own issues, but that's a side note. <laughs> we can work on that. <laughs> I think if, uh, you know, honestly, it's hard to tell. We have, we've been lucky to see our audiences. Uh, I think we are like in 60 some countries uh, listening to the episodes. And it's really hard to tell if they're watching us on YouTube or if they're listening to us on a podcast, mm -hmm. uh, one of these iTunes or any other platforms or like in eight different platforms, but the majority of them seems to be entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs support organizations. This seems to be where we play the most. So I'm assuming cash flow would be a challenge uh, based mm -hmm. on my experience working with entrepreneurs or for the organization supporting them. I'm going to assume it's going to be mainly fundraising for the causes or for the programs that they want to support or run. Mm -hmm. Oh, those would be the two things that comes to my mind, but let's keep that aside. Um, now that you asked that question, I want to focus it really more on you today. And the focus is just looking at your journey. This last 
iteration of your career, let's just say, or hat that you're wearing, seems about, about 10 or 15, 10, 12 years right now. Is that when you started this new uh, venture? Yeah, I, well, I started writing the book about four years ago when I saw that my clients, well, I could give you stories about myself, about my own internal conflicts. And this is where it, it came out of. When I'm working with my clients and they start to be successful, well, then we get a, a self-sabotage or a limit that we hit. And that's because deep inside, we have either belief systems, we have identity issues, we have internal conflicts about our values. So what I do in my work is we start to imagine and create a world. And then we look at what the resistance are. What can Some of my clients can't even imagine a future for themselves. So if we can't imagine it, our bodies and our brains won't take us there. So once we start to imagine it, then we can do what I call an ecology check. What objections do you have to that? And that sometimes takes a while. But with awareness, we can start to get these voices that, wow. that tell us, you know, ouch, oh, you know, if we did that, we'd be too responsible. We might hurt other people. I don't deserve it. Um, it contrasts to my values because wealthy people are terrible, horrible people. So when we get to that, then we can start to look at our deepest meaning, our deepest values, and then bring them into rapport. That's great. So Richard, tell me what got you to want to do that now? I mean, four or five years ago, what got you to want to do it? You walk me through what motivated you because you you obviously clearly could do anything else you wanted to do within the financial world. Why did you do what you're doing now? Well, it's mostly concerned if you want, want to know the truth about yeah. my grandkids. Okay. What world are they going to grow up in? And if we have all these cultural and external value conflicts and we internalize them so that we are unable to really create a world of opportunity for our kids, especially if we look at uh, the underserved communities, the disadvantaged, I mean, they're going to pay the biggest price for our internal conflicts around wealth, meaning, and success. So I look at the world, and that was one of the major motivators to say, I want to contribute and invite people to consider a world of rapport with their deepest meaning, values, and success. Thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, one of the things we try to bust in here is why people do what they do, and the motive of why you started writing it is really important for others to hear because a lot of times people have this myths to your point about if I start a business, I'm going to be rich, or if I do this, I'm going to do that. <laughs> because you know that doesn't work that way. But you know, so I want to make sure that people know that people start doing things in life not because of one or another reason, it's because of different reasons. And you have to find your own reason to do the right thing. Thank you so much for sharing that. My next question to you is. You know this journey that you've been on which is looks amazing even even before this you had your own other businesses doing all kinds of stuff i'd love to hear just with one of them some of your ups and downs and specifically maybe one of the moments where you felt the world is so down or things are so bad that you don't know if you're going to get out of where you the hole that you dug yourself in or yeah, whatever sure. way you want to describe it sure i started my life in the financial world with merrill lynch as a commodity broker and then I got invited to Chicago to trade for a, a big arbitrage firm because I, I, it was run by a college buddy who knew me and liked me. And when I got there, 
Uh, I was dropped in the middle of the S&P futures pit. Uh, thousands of people yelling and screaming. I had no idea what I was doing. They moved me to the option pit, which was smaller. And my trainer there said, Rich, you are the worst trainee I have ever had. <laughs> Ouch. Here I was in the, you know, in the middle of this incredible financial machine. And my, and what it turned out was, even though I had the capabilities, I didn't have the confidence level. In other words, my own belief about myself didn't, didn't match the job. And it took a while to do that. And as I started my own trading firm and I hired traders, about half of them took off with our methodology. We had an option trading methodology that just cranked out money. But half of them would make a little and give it back, make a little and give it back. And under hypnosis, we discovered there were some deeper conflicts. And this is what actually, you know, the, uh, created the structure for what I'm doing now is how do I work with these traders who are trading my money, risking my money, and still not able to produce? And so as a result, we started looking at identity, beliefs, and behaviors on the deepest level. And this is what made the biggest difference. That's so fascinating. Thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, I know, uh, first of all, thank you for being vulnerable and sharing those moments with the audience, because a lot of times people think that success is this awesome pathway that people <laughs> keep going up. And as we all know, it's up and downs. And sometimes they can be the same moments, but a lot of times they're so far off and it can take you to a really deep hole that sometimes you might not get out of it and sometimes you can't. So it's good to have them know that someone could drag right. you down in this case and you still could pull yourself out of it. Okay, uh, so may I interrupt that for a oh, bit? Someone can drag you down. There's a hole you can't get out of. So my reframe yeah. would be, you are in charge of your experience. Like when that trader said that, I could say, oh, that comes with my experience. Oh, everything's shot to hell. Yeah. Or I can say, he said that. What do I want to experience? So part of my work with my, uh, all my clients is to create a difference between the external event and being the agents of my own experience. And that way, what you talked about is so important, you know, going down into that hole and spiraling down. Well, if we're the agent of our own experience, then we have a chance to have a very different experience. I, I could tell you lots of stories about yeah. my own downward spirals. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I appreciate you saying that. Actually, in our Resilient Entrepreneur Program that I just uh, did a workshop on uh, last week, it's uh, one of the things, one of the biggest slides that I have on, I say, it's all about your attitude. When one of the things we mention is being either a victim attitude or a victorious attitude. And the mm -hmm. victim attitude is this happened to me, so now I can't do anything about it versus a victorious attitude. Look at what happened. I got dragged down. Look at what I'm going to do about it, right? It's all about what you do with it, how you feel about it, and what makes you move. And I think your statement of you are in charge is very powerful because at the end of the day, no matter what happens to you, you are in charge of how you react to it. And that's really what matters of making people keep moving or not. So thank you for sharing that. We'll have to change notes on the resilient mindset that we have and what you're Excellent. doing. Excellent. I'd love to do that. Yeah, we'll have to do that another time. Uh, 
Richard, clearly we can keep you all day. I'm going to take a short break <laughs> and we'll be right back to okay. keep this conversation going. Thank you so much. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. This is the FinGen Show. I'm your host, Ferris Alami. And today, Richard Friesen uh, with this amazing story. Thank you so much for being with us and sharing such a wonderful insight. So you took us on the down moments. Take us on one of your high moments where you felt the world is under control. You got it. And you're going to be able to shape it to be a better place. When I mean, there are probably lots of those moments. Mm -hmm. Let's share with us maybe one of them. Well, the, the biggest, I think, moments for me were when there was a regime change, when there was a shift in beliefs about the market, about opportunities. And in those moments, either the moments when everybody is really pessimistic, everybody is overly optimistic, and when that starts to shift, the most money that I've made and lost as a trader have been in those moments when I missed them. And like, uh, uh, you know, the uh, Wiley Coyote, you know, the, you know, running over the cliff and then just not falling till he looks down. I look for shifts in beliefs because those can create a mass migration in how the world is responding. So if I can do those early and a couple of times in my career, when I was trading in the pits and yelling and screaming, and we were doing a, a process and it was just working over and over again, I smelled something different and I can't even tell you what it was. And I said, this game is over. And I got out of that game I cost me a lot of money to, to reverse positions and whatever. But when that everyone else smelled the shift and they needed to get out, there was nobody there. And as a result, I was there because I had reversed the positions and I had what we call bullets. I was able to then let them out, but at a very drastically changed price that was very profitable for me. It's the And it's not just the money. It's it's not being attached to a position. It's not knowing. It's seeing the world as it is, as versus my beliefs creating the world that gives me comfort. So I think that the highest moment is when I'm able to let go of my bubble and my beliefs and be able to see the world as it is, and then see things as they're happening and being able to profit from them. Very cool. Thank you so much for sharing that. What a, what a, again, what a journey. Um, so clearly we can keep talking and I think we should maybe have another, occasionally have uh, a one hour, uh, you know, longer conversation that we can mm -hmm. put into our uh, online portal. Maybe we could do arrange for that another time. My, one of the things maybe you could uh, do here with us, Richard, is maybe share with looking back at your journey and looking what you know today, and I know you said you do it for your grandkids today. What would you tell someone starting a business today, knowing what you know about the journey that you've taken, mm -hmm. knowing that obviously your brain is different place today, your knowledge is different place today. So you might tell this to someone and they still might ignore it. And you might've even ignored it back then when you started. <laughs> uh, let's just give them that bit of the doubt that they might not and say, let me at least listen to it and have a capacity to process it. A lot of times just the information is maybe too much for the person to process. Or yeah, well, I have an example. I have a client uh, 
He's starting a, he's young, he's smart. He's starting a cryptocurrency hedge fund. And I have a lot of confidence in him. And what we talked about is it's, you will survive the failure of this hedge fund. And the reason for that is that he was starting to attach his identity, his success, his future, and he loves his all the investors who are putting millions of dollars into it, and he didn't want to disappoint them. And it was to the point where his world was so tied up with success that I was afraid that he couldn't Again, like I say, just say not, no, and allow it to be. So the work we did was imagining the failure of the fund and him being okay on the other side of it. Wow, what a different view, because now all of a sudden, all that weight on the shoulders is gone. He knows he's going to survive. And now he can look at things more like they are. And in my opinion, a much greater chance of success rather than needing success of the fund to make him okay. So my traders, my hedge fund managers, my entrepreneurs, if you need the success of the business to be okay, to validate, to be noticed, to recognition, to have self-esteem, if you need success of the business for all those things, that's a tremendous amount of pressure and you may miss the opportunities and there's a less chance of success, in my opinion, and experience. Love that. Thank you so much for leaving that behind and uh, separating your journey from who you are is a very powerful message. Thank you so much for shedding a light on such things. Clearly, Richard, we keep you all day. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to take a, because we try to keep this within 10 minutes, we're going to stop right here. I want to say thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for making the time. And right. Then- and if uh, people go to, conversations.money slash FinGen, F-I-N-G-A-N. I I have a special for them. They can get a free online course with a book that will help them step through the issues that we just talked about today. So conversations.money slash FinGen. Wow, Richard, thank you so much. I'll make sure Kayla sees that and promotes it in our social media. Uh, so, if, you know, as we, I, th- I don't know when this is going to come out, but uh, once she releases it, she'll make sure that that's tagged and all those things. Thank you for making the time. Thank you for the listeners. This is the FinGen Show. I'm your host, Ferris Alamy. Till the next show. Have a good day. Bye bye.